And welcome back to Insemination. My name is Laura High, your chaotic sperm donor baby of the podcast world. And here in this podcast, it is all things donor conceived. And I am so excited that we get to finally release this episode. This interview is with Victoria and her mother, Marilee. Victoria, you may have recently read her story through CNN or have seen it broadcasted on CNN. Victoria is the very first donor-conceived person to come forward as a victim of accidental incest, and both her and her mother are victims of fertility fraud. We recorded this episode in October, and then it got put on hold in terms of publishing due to the fact that CNN came into the picture. So we've been waiting a long time to produce this episode, but please know that since it was recorded in October. Lots of things have happened since this episode was originally recorded, so please keep that in the back of your minds as you are listening to it. But I am so excited that we finally get to release it. A little bit of housekeeping before we get to the episode. Um, I have a lot of awesome shows coming up. I will be in California uh, coming up this week, starting Thursday. I've got shows Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. All tickets are available on my website. I will also be headlining in Washington, D.C. at the D.C. Comedy Loft, April 7th. And if you haven't, please like, follow, comment, uh, I, I w- w- uh, review. That's the word I was looking for. Review the podcast. Please follow me on all social media platforms, at Laura High 5 everywhere. But let's not waste any more time. Let's get to the episode. Well, welcome to the podcast, Victoria and Marilee. I'm so excited for my first three-person live interview. Thank you for taking the time to come in here. How are y'all feeling today? Good. Good. Yeah, thank you for having us. <laughs> th- good. Thank you. And I, I really want to make this very, very clear before we, we start this episode. Um, the fact that you all are willing to come forward and talk about what has happened to both of you and what you are doing and the stances that you are taking. Our community owes both of you such a debt for your honesty and your vulnerability and your strength. And thank you for coming here because the way that we change this industry is by sharing all of these very, these very, very horrific things. And I just want to say thank you. Um, And, we're going to just kind of start at the beginning and slowly unfold um, as we as we go through. But I just wanted to let you all know, just thank you. And thank you for letting us get this out there. Oh, my God. Absolutely. It needs it. This needs to happen. Well, I guess um, we we start with the fact that so Marilee, you are Victoria's uh, lovely mother mm-hmm. <laughs> and you all live in you all live in Connecticut. And may I ask uh, what year you started seeking fertility treatment? Um, Victoria is my fifth child. I've had five pregnancies. Oh, my goodness. Um, Three miscarriages. So my son was the second and Victoria is the fifth. They were all um, inseminated with donors. And my son was born in 77, so I would think probably about 75 I started. Wow. And, and continued, um, you know, through the, my son's uh, giving birth to my son and then three miscarriages after that and then 
giving birth to Victoria in 85. Um, are we comfortable uh, stating what clinic that you went to? Is that because right now I know that you all are in the mid middle of litigation. Um, is that do we are, are we not at that place where we can right now? We can. Yeah, it's Metabolic Associates, who when I started um, with them, they were in Yale New Haven mm -hmm. Hospital. That's where I went for the treatments. Mm -hmm. um, and how was for you when you first like started treatments, how did the doctors in the clinic treat you? And like how, how did that experience feel to you? Um, I felt comfortable. Okay. I felt confident. Um, Yale New Haven is the best hospital in the country, or one of yeah. the best. Um, so I trusted them completely. And the doctor, um, I, tr I trusted his clinic. Yeah. I assumed it was affiliated with Yale. Um, I saw him initially, my husband and I saw him initially, um, and they explained the procedure, um, told us that they'd be using residents. Mm -hmm. as donors mm -hmm. anonymously that I would never know who they were. Mm -hmm. um, and they said they would try and pick out um, characteristics of my husband, brown yeah. hair, brown eyes, tall, short. They did know, the whatever. same thing with my parents. Like my parents didn't pick my donor as well. Um, and yeah. they said like, we're gonna just match the donor to like my dad as, as best they could. Yep. Right. Um, and I assume like I was never, we were never given a donor number or a donor profile. I'm assuming you didn't get, no. yeah. No. No, yeah, that was absolutely anonymous. Yeah. Uh, and how, uh, if I may ask, like how, how many, in terms of like trying to conceive Victoria, um, how, so it, this was, oh, no, so this was like five years in trying to conceive Victoria. Well, yeah, all in all. All in all, Between okay. all the pregnancies and the miscarriages and she was the last. And I think um, I think my my parents started like right as the tail end as as you were, and it's you know kind of going back and hearing like what a lot of the recipient parents were going through. Like it was all still so like experimental. Yeah, and it wasn't something that that was out there. It no. wasn't something that we talked about. No. To anybody. Oh yeah. Um, like it is today. I mean, mm -hmm. it was you know you kept it secret. You didn't tell people. Did the um, doctor instruct you not to tell Victoria that um, that no. she's doing? They didn't. Okay. No, that was my husband's and my choice. And my son was a donor child too, mm -hmm. but he has um, he doesn't have the same mm -hmm. biological father. Okay, so you get you can see Victoria, um, and so now you have um, you now have three children that are donor conceived. I have one that's donor conceived. One that's donor, apologies. The rest were miscarriages. The rest were, okay. Two, <coughs> two donor conceived. Me and Ron. Well, you. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. two right. donor conceived. Right. The rest were miscarriages. The rest, okay. Yeah, so yeah. we have two donor conceived, uh, so we have two donor conceived children. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so we are sort of like moving through life. Does anything happen are there any i would say moments in your life where you start to wonder about the donor or maybe do you, are you suspicious at all that maybe the doctor may have had some foul play or is that like just not no <clears throat> absolutely not 
um, I think in my mind, because it was something that wasn't, uh, you didn't tell anybody, yeah. you kept it a secret, in my mind, I just, I kind of washed it out. Yeah. That my husband was their father. Um, um, and that's how he he felt, too. Um, I think it's common. of them as donor children. Yeah. They were my children, and their father was my husband. Now, Victoria, as a as a kid, did you, anything for you, like, did you feel, because it's very common for donor-conceived people to, like, sense that something is off and not be able to, like, pin it, was that something you experienced? Yeah, I always, I go back to when I say, like, I think my father and I have the same hands, because I always <laughs> thought it was so weird. I didn't look anything like my brother. I didn't look anything like my father. I thought that we looked very much alike, but I felt... I didn't look anything like them. And yeah, I would joke. I'd be like, well, at least we kind of have the same hands. It was weird. <laughs> so when I did ultimately found out, I was I was obviously shocked. But there was that part of me that was like, oh, this almost makes sense. It how, was weird. How old were you when you found out? So I found out in January 2020. Okay, so this is still very recent. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and how, how how old were you when, uh, I don't no mean to age out you. <laughs> I don't even, this was, so I'm 30 eight now mm -hmm. this was 2020 36 so yeah and how <laughs> how did you find out so 23 and me so, 20 yes. uh, did your mom know that you were taking a 23 oh, and me test that's oh, a fun yeah. story you want to oh tell no yeah tell that that's funny <laughs> i knew she was i of course i know she's she's a donor i mean she's a donor child um and i knew she didn't know <clears throat> or my son didn't know yeah and she kept saying, oh, I'm going to do this 23 and me and 23 and me. And I'm going, oh, why, why bother? Why, why are you going to do this? Don't, yeah. don't be doing that. What do you, you know, you know who your family is. Yeah. But she was adamant she was going to do this. And usually when she sets her mind up to do something, she does it. Oh, my gosh. Maybe we, we, maybe uh -huh. we are related. Yeah. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, to my, a fault. <laughs> my, my mom would be sitting here going, yeah. like, Laura does the exact yeah. same Come fucking thing. Yeah. So, um, so she did it. She said to me, Mom, you know, I put it in and I, I figured, oh, okay. So I, I called her father right away. Yeah. And I said, you know, beware because she did this and I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know this is happening, obviously. I'm just like, right. obviously, you are concerned with it. What, what, what inspired you to take 23andMe? So, I mean, that's a whole other long story. But um, I was, I had a pretty bad virus in 2019. Okay. Um, and I had all sorts of weird health stuff after this virus. Yeah. And I was questioning, like, do you know, do I have Parkinson's or MS? Mm -hmm. I was going to different doctors. I was having neuropathy, all mm -hmm. sorts of weird stuff. So my goal of 23andMe was just to look at, like, the health stuff because I, you know, was told, like, they can, they can tell you whether or not you carry variants for certain types of things. I had no interest in, I mean, I was curious, you know, ancestry, how, how German might I be because my father was German, but really it was for the health stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, then P, uh, I just want to make it a little PSA yeah. about that um, for anybody who who is thinking about using 23andMe to gather your your medical history. 23andMe and any of those at home DNA tests are not medical grade. If you do want to get like if you if you really want to do like serious medical grade testing, which I obviously think is a very good idea for anybody who is donor conceived and MPE adoptee, please go to a genetic counselor. We've had two genetic counselors on this podcast who are absolutely lovely. But I just want to like throw that out there because it, it is uh, unfortunately it is a misunderstanding. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, please get please continue. Yeah. All right. So um, forgetting this day and age and everything comes in in computers. <laughs> 
I started watching the mailbox. She's stuck in the mail. And I figured, what if it comes in the mail? I'm going to take it. And oh, no. Because I figured she didn't know. And if she finds out, then I have to tell her brother, and her brother doesn't know. And oh, what no. good is it going to do at this point? Anyways, it came through the computer, which I didn't realize. And yeah. so one yeah. night, I guess when you got the results, I was um, upstairs in bed reading. She we we live in a duplex, so okay. so we own a home, and she's on one side. I'm on the okay. other. Yeah. yeah. She lets herself in, and I hear her coming up the stairs, and she's going, Ma. <laughs> And you can do it. Take it from there. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, she's she's. She, what do you want? You know. And I was like, "Who's Burton Caldwell?" This is <laughs> the endocrinologist. <gasps> and I and, and she she had this look on her face. It's like, oh no. And she and then I I don't even remember what I said. I said something about like, um, supposedly he's my father. And <gasps> she says to me, she says, Victoria, go to bed. <laughs> Go home. And I'm Go saying, to bed. No, he's not. You know, we we started talking about the donor, and I said, "Yeah, you're a donor, but not from the doctor." No, we no, had. no. Before this, you said, "Okay, Victoria, sit down." <laughs> it's like, oh, what do you mean, sit down? And I was crying. I started crying. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. You know. But but was confusing. Wait, wait, I'm so confused. Uh, like the doctor committed fertility fraud, but he put himself on Twenty Three and Me. No. No. no, no, no. So, so to back up a little bit. Okay, I, yeah. I was about to say. I yeah. was like, no. I was like, okay. Oh my gosh. No. So he, when I did Twenty Three and Me, after the results came up, I had opened it up and I saw half siblings, but I thought, oh, this is weird. It's probably not a hundred percent. You know, there's not. You know, everything on there is not real, right? <laughs> and and I kept getting this email from one of what I now know is my half siblings that was like, hey, do you want to find out more? Do you can are you interested in why you have so many siblings? And I thought it was like a gimmick, like a three me like trying to sell yeah. me more or something. It, it does say like your car warranty is yeah. expired. Yeah. yeah. And so I kept ignoring it and then finally it had popped up in the subject line. Now the person emailing me was from Arizona and it was like, did your mom do in vitro at Yale? And, and I had known that much, actually. So a few years prior, oh she had told me that they had a hard time conceiving and that they mm -hmm. went to fertility. But I always thought it my dad that I grew up with was my father. Um, so when, when I saw that, I was like, how does this person know this? I just want to say, like, that's always, like, the our biggest clue is, like, when when there's parents who, like, don't want to tell their child they're donor conceived, usually, like, sneak, like, that. Yeah. that's sort of, like, the first wave of, like, yeah, we struggled with fertility. Uh, we did in vitro. Like, that is, like, we always tell people that we're, like, if this is what your parents have told you, you may want to take a 23andMe <laughs> test because, like, that's actually a very typical thing that happens. Like, that's our, that's always, like, our first red flag. It's, like, yeah. It's, that's, like, that's, it's been eating yeah. at you. You got to say something. Yeah, and, that, and that's sort of, like, the first like this is my way of sort of like sort of half like that that's a very um i would say we have a lot of recipient parents who do that and, and when you think about it back then i figured why tell them or tell her because there's nothing to tell i don't know who your father was i don't know who the donor was why rock her world and tell her this man isn't really your father but somebody else is, and I don't know who he is, and I can't give you. I I thought that would be worse and would be more um, scarring her. I think a lot of parents come I mean, into why? it thinking that, and that's why I think it's yeah. so important now. They, because like certainly when like I was conceived, when Victoria was conceived, recipient parents like you had nothing. You had no resources. Nothing. There was no. nothing, and I think that that was. 
and 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 that's to me like so awful um like thinking about that like you know y'all were like left to like sort of fend for yourselves and i'm so grateful now that we have community between recipient parents donors and donor can see people how like recipient parents can be like okay so this is how we told our kid here are there's children's books now that like literally help start the conversation and now like you know we have you know, the evidence and everything as yeah. to why early disclosure is so important. And I'm so grateful now that that is available. But yes, I th- there are so many, I would say, re- recipient parents who have the same line of thinking because also when Victoria and I were conceived, uh, infertility was still so stigmatized. And it, right. It was so and there stigmatized. there's nothing out there, like you no, said. No, there's nothing. Grasp onto. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I assumed instead of rocking their world, yeah. You know, they go through high school. So when do you tell them when they're in high school, mm-hmm. which is a, you know, a, a roller coaster ride for them anyways. <sighs> do you wait till they're in college? You know, do you wait till they have? So it was just saying, well, nobody will ever know well, until well, he's 23. My mom always is like, we, we, she was like, we would have never, th- she was like, we didn't see 23 and me and ancestry coming. Like you told no. us that that was going to exist. We Absolutely could have never not. imagined no. that existed, yeah. Yeah. that technology. But okay. So we, so you have all these siblings messaging you. Yes. And at the time, I think, I think I was eight. I think I was eight or nine actually. And, and it was like, okay, whoa. And then obviously she was shocked. I mean, she obviously knew I was donor conceived, but she didn't know that Burton could be the, the donor. Um, and so then it was, it, we were able to at least share in that a little bit, I think, sort of. And yeah. Um, so then, you know, of course, the natural next step is to drive to his house. Right. Of course. Right. Wait, is that what you all did? You drove to his house? <gasps> oh so, my gosh, yeah. I want I I want wine yeah. right now. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. tell me what happened. Yeah. So in in my brain, I just it, I love it this. Didn't... By the way, I love that you did that. <laughs> oh, this is ever okay. So it just you... didn't. It wasn't real. Like I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't make sense of this. Like I just it needed to be very real, and I needed yeah. to see it. And he lived forty five minutes from where I live. Oh my god. Because of course I. Stalk the heck out of him. Oh, yeah. and, and also, I don't know if I should go back now, but you had asked, you know, did he put himself on 23andMe? So, no. So, it was one of the first siblings that identified this had connected with his, um, one of his family members. And through her digging and kind of connecting dots, sure enough, long story short, she was able to find out that, that that's who, you know. Uh, How many siblings do you have now? So, there's 24. Five as of right now that I know of. Okay. Just through 23andMe and Ancestry. Oh my God. Okay. So you, and did like, you just suddenly like 25 half siblings, like on 23andMe? No, it was, it was nine. And then I did Ancestry. And then there was two Kept more growing. on there. And then, yeah, I mean, every, every, every few months <laughs> or around Christmas, because everyone yeah. gives the It's gift, sibling so. season. Yes. Yeah. We're um, coming up on sibling yeah. season. Yeah. Merry siblings to yes. us all. So Absolutely. she might get a couple. We call them diblings. Yep. 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 Oh, yeah. So there might be more. Yep. I don't know. There we, might be more. We've had five in the last two months. Five in the last two months. Oh, my God. Yep. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a that's a lot for two months. And it's it's bizarre. The feeling I was actually talking to one of the other donor conceived um, people at the the protest that, that we did, and we were kind of saying like, what do we actually feel? Like you you get this pop up that you have a new half sibling, and there's like a small part of you that's like, cool, 
And then you're like immediately like engulfed with just like dread and just, oh my God, there's more. And how many more? Because again, you know. We have she, no idea. She was working with Burton from 75 to 85. And, and my youngest half sibling was born in 87. And my older, my oldest half sibling was born in 74. So oh my this God. doctor was doing this for 10 plus years that we know of. That we know of. Yeah. So, but okay, but I got it. I got yeah, to yeah, know yeah, what happened. Yeah. So you drove to his house. Yeah. So I, so I drive to his house and, you know, it was, I, I was working. I had a half day. I got out. I like driving along and I'm just going to, I was actually telling one of my half siblings, I'm just going to go drive by. I just want to see what his house looks like. I just want to, I just want to see. And he lives in a, you know, um, one of the wealthier areas in Connecticut. And so I go by. Oh, and they're all wealthy. Sure enough. He's got a long driveway. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I can't really see his house. I'm going to go down the driveway. Mm-hmm. So then I go down the driveway and then I'm sitting there and I'm like, I guess the door's right there. I mean, I could just knock. I don't know. It's a little knock. And at this point, you know, I had I had researched the heck out of him. Again, this was my way of coping. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I'm right there with you. So I knew his wife's name. Mm-hmm. And I knew his name. And mm-hmm. I knock on the door, and no one comes. And I'm about to leave. And sure enough, the door opens. And I would imagine it's his wife. So mm-hmm. I, I said, are you? You know, and I, I said her name. Um and she looked at me like I was some weirdo knocking her door, as mm-hmm. she should have. Well, because, like, no one knocks on doors anymore. Yes, right. And so, she does. oh, my gosh. I love um, that. And, and, you know, like, I'm laughing right now and, and smiling, but it was. It wasn't funny. It wasn't yeah. funny. No, no I, really I know. Wasn't. No, I, I, yeah. I, I can hear the trauma. Yeah. It's all. I, 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 I know right now we're in a trauma response space. Yeah. So, so she, you know, I, I said, I don't even know what I said at first. Just words fell out of my mouth and she like basically started to close the door on me and then I said I mean did you tell her like were you like hey I'm here because I think your your husband's my dad I think I said I think I said your husband worked with my mom for a few years trying <gasps> I don't even know trying to conceive and then when she started to close the door like you weirdo I that's when I said I think your husband's my biological father <gasps> and then she was like and the door opened and then she was like okay come in and I was like Come in. Whoa. Coming in. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I like that energy. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. And sure enough, she you know she sent me to this this guided me to this dining room table, this beautiful house, and I'm sitting there and she's like, Let me be right back. I'm gonna go get Bert. <gasps> and I was like, Oh my god, he's here. And I just I'm sitting there and my heart is racing and I'm like, What am I doing? What am I saying? Is this real life? Oh it my was god. it was insane. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. So yeah, sure enough, and I, I hear like her say something like quietly like in a different room then I hear him like coming and then I see him and and sure enough the first thing I notice the eyes yeah the light like grayish blue (gasps) eyes which you know I have and I was like oh god this is real it was it was so weird it was so weird and so he sits down and it was I don't yeah it was bizarre well did okay what what, did he go like did he admit it? Did he just go like, well, this is weird. Bye. Yeah, no. So he so he very quickly said, you know, like, you know, excuse my presence. You know, he was kind of in pajamas. He has Parkinson's and he's in his 80s. Um, so I don't know how much of it was Parkinson's or how much it was his personality, but he was very flat and matter of fact, you know, the whole time. So I had said, yeah, I, th- I think you're my biological father. And even those words coming out of my mouth, like, What? Um, oh my god! And he he didn't seem shocked at any point. And again, I don't know how much of it was just like his personality, just like very flat and matter of fact, or what. But he was just like you know, kind of like tell me more. And then I went into the whole story, um, and he just said, "Yeah, it sounds about right," you know. And and I gave more details. Um, 
he had asked, you know, some random questions. You know, for some reason he had asked, you know, where did my mother live? Before even asking, like, what her name was, um, he, you know, I said, why? Or no, I said, how many, did you know how many times you, you know, donated? And he chuckled. Ew, yeah, ew, ew. Yeah. Oh, red that, flag, red flag, red yeah, flag. That, oh, no. That sticks with me. He kind of chuckled and did one of these, like, like I, I have no idea, you know, oh, that God. kind of thing. Oh, that's not the moment to do that, dude. No, oh, no. that's terrifying. And, of course, I, I asked the why, right? Because that's, that's I want to know the why. Why did you do this? Yeah. And again, he kind of, like, kind of chuckled and just said, well, you know, I was in the business of making babies. And it was God. it was just so bizarre. So while I'm like trying to figure out what am I trying to say or ask or what do I want out of this meeting, <gasps> the fact that I'm like living in this is just and this is my reality. It was just so bizarre. You asked him for medical, didn't you? I said that. Oh, the other reason why I was there, he said. For, of course, he said. You know, what do you want from me? Are you holding me responsible? And I think in that moment, I quite honestly said, No. I just I need to put eyes on you to even begin to wrap my head around this. I need yeah. to see that you're real. Obviously, you're older, and if you had died and I never got a chance to meet you, that would also affect me. Yeah. Um, so I definitely said that. And then I said, and I also wanted medical information because I had been struggling with some health stuff. Yeah. And I was curious. And then that was another thing that, that really bothered me um, is at that time I was wondering if I had like MS or Parkinson's mm -hmm. developing. And to see him with Parkinson's, yeah. it was bizarre. You know, I obviously later learned that that's, it's not as genetic as I, I guess we think it is. But um, it was... It was very interesting, and yeah, so I, I know sooner, you know, after all wrapped up, I sent this whole message to all my diblings that I had connected with. Hey, guys, I went to the house. This is all that he, you know, I wanted to try to remember everything I possibly could, so I spit it all yeah. out. Um, but it was quite the whirlwind, and of course, there's so many other things that I wish I had asked or said, or, but it was it was very bizarre. So you did this, and I, I, I cannot say enough how much I love that you did this. Um, now, coming home, you come home to the duplex. I assume you let yourself in. Marilee, how do you take all of this information? Um, because this also, this happened to you. How do you feel about all of this? It... Um, I mean, I feel, you feel betrayed. Yeah. You know, I mean, doctors, you put your life in their hands. Yeah. You know, you trust whatever they do or whatever they say, um, and especially coming from Yale, um, I had complete faith in what they told me. Yeah. So when I heard all this, um, I was more concerned about her feelings because mm -hmm. um, what happened to me was 30 some odd years ago. You know, 40 well, years ago. But that still ha it still happened to you. Like, it still right. matters. Right. But at the time, I didn't know. I understand. You know, so finding out now, um, I mean, I was shocked. I had no clue, you yeah. know. And then I worried um, how, sh how she would deal with it, which is what I was really more concerned about. And then I was concerned about my son. Mm -hmm. Does is this is his the same yeah. biological father or does he have a, a different one? Yeah, you know. Um, do we do we know him? Yeah, he so had an actual like you know resident or intern donor. donor. Okay, but but then then that's yeah. what makes me think like okay so why me? Why did he use his own sperm? Was it just oh you know she's here and we don't have anyone so I'm just gonna go make my own sample? Was it you know my mom recently we were talking and she had said something about noticing marks on charts and you know it's just I just wish I could understand all of the whys and was it this yeah. 
I, I don't know, planned, intentional thing? Was it literally just they showed up? We didn't have any donors, so right. I mean, that's what I I tend or I I tend to think. Yeah, that regardless. they had all these people coming in, didn't have enough donors at the time, so he just helped himself. I, I we don't know. We probably never will know why. Uh, yeah, I. Oh my God. Um, the bad thing is, is he was in New Haven. Mm-hmm. Um, all these people that he inseminated all lived in the same area. Oh, my God. Um, That's why I always wonder, like, why was the first question he asked me where you lived? I, I mean, it, that's, for whatever reason, that's one of the things that stands out to me. That's and an again, interesting question. I don't know if it was just a random thing that came out of his mouth or yeah. if there was more behind it, but it was very bizarre. Yeah, because, uh, you know, and as you later found out, she had come across some of her dibblings yeah. and didn't know it, you know, because they're all living in the same area. Well, so l- let's kind of dive into that to that area now is you finding more siblings and everything. And so this happened in um, I apologize. <clears throat> so this happened in 2020. Yes. So then. You now have talked to the to your. How do you want me to refer to him? The your donor, biological father, the doctor, donor, w- w- yeah, donor. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you've now found him. You spoke to him, which is incredible. Very awkward conversation. So, and you obviously go home talk to your mom. What do you? What What is now? What does the next year or so look like? Yeah. So you know. Um... You know, as, as every other month comes by, more siblings pop up. It's it's very surreal. Um, over the next year or so, I ended up learning that one of my siblings went to the same high school as I did. She was older. Um, so, you know, luckily we never actually crossed paths, but it felt really close to home. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, the next year, another one of the siblings, I think we were at like 17 or 18 at that time, she and I went to the same elementary school. Um, and, and I had moved. I mean, I, I grew up in the New Haven area and then in middle school had moved um, to the Wallingford area. And so, like, now I'm in different school Ooh, districts and coming into, yeah, and coming into find out that, like, oh, in all these different schools, I have a bunch of half-siblings. At one point, I lived in Norwalk and I lived across the street from... Um, another or two their twins um, half siblings as well so it's just it was very bizarre to be like oh my gosh you know we're all so close and like we could have run into each other yeah um which is what, what, what brings me to what I feel in many ways is almost the most traumatizing for me you know obviously in 2020 finding out that my you know the the father that I grew up with was not my father was was one shock mm-hmm. um and you know at the time you know we tried to seek out like legal advice and basically it was just there's nothing we can do for you, which, you know, that's a whole other story, which is insane to me. Well, well, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that, yeah. yeah. Um, but then, you know, the years go by, and I, I kind of just coping. I get to know my siblings, and I try to make meaning of this. And like, okay, well, cool. Now I've got more family, and, you know, who can I get to know? And it, unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of the siblings are in the area. At this point, I had gone out for coffee with a handful of them. I mm-hmm. grabbed a glass of wine with another, and so we're all connecting, right? Mm-hmm. So and now this is... You always said you wished you had... More family. More, yeah, more this is true. I literally this said, I said the same thing, and I'm yeah. like, wow, the universe listened. Yep. Thanks. Yep. In a very weird little yeah, twisted way. Yep. Yep. And I'm true. like, all right. Yeah. Or actually, on the flip side, feeling like I never looked like anyone, so many of our half, our really? pod, we, so many of us look so much alike. It's <gasps> kind of spooky. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, so now more than just the hands. More than just the more hands. More than just the hands. Um, all right, so yeah, so then this brings me to the part that was the most difficult for me. Um, so 
fast forward to more May 2020, mm-hmm. my friends were doing a 20-year high school reunion, or not 2020, 2023, sorry, May 2023. We're doing a 20th high school reunion. And So I'm, just this past May? This past May. So I'm very excited to see a bunch of my high school friends. Yeah. I mean, some of them I still kind of keep in touch yeah. with, and, and a lot of us still live close, but obviously we all have busy lives. So just the excuse to all finally get together. Yeah. Um, so we, we go to the reunion. A couple of us decide we're going to meet up like a week or so after just to really kind of talk. You know, mm-hmm. there, was, there was four of us that were, well, there's a handful of us that were really close, but four of us decided to get dinner um, a week or so later. So, you know, we're sitting out at dinner. Um, this is where I don't know if I should. I don't know how to say if I. I don't want to say names. Um, um, no, no, no. I, I, I tell you what. Let, let's. Um, should we get just give him a fake name? Yeah. Or we, or we can say. Why don't you? Or how about? Or I'll like, try. Or I'll try to avoid names. I guess at all. We just just say your your high school boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So anyway, so so we go out to dinner and it's you know, two of my best friends, uh, a female and male, and then my, my actual like, high school boyfriend. We were um, really close in middle school when I moved to Wallingford, and then later on, you know, we dated. And so the four of us are getting together, and we're just sharing old stories. And so, How long did you date your um, high school boyfriend for? Uh, so for two years. So junior year, senior year, and then we ultimately split up before college. We were going to different colleges, mm-hmm. and life was just taking us different ways. Yeah. Um, so the, the female friend of mine from, from high school knew about the story with, with mm-hmm. Burton, and I hadn't told the other two because I hadn't seen him in a bit. And she says, oh, my gosh, you've got to tell them, you know, what you learned about your father and the donor and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, guys, because, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's it's kind of a it's 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 fun. <laughs> I guess it's to a, tell the story and it's see people's a, reactions because it's so absurd. It is. It is absurd. I, I. It is. It's an absolutely crazy story. So I'm thinking that this is going to be the highlight of our evening, of course, right? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm telling the story and I'm and, and I'm also looking to just like share and cope because it's still affecting me. Yeah, of course. So I tell the story, and so my high school boyfriend, that you know, that was there. She, he's also he's a twin, so his brother um, was also part of our friend group. wasn't there for dinner that night, but we we're all very close. So he says to me. Oh my gosh, Victoria! My mother told me a couple of years ago when she, that she, the reason why my brother and I are, are twins is because they went to go um, get fertility treatment. They were having a hard time. His father, who unfortunately had passed, um, you know, was having a hard time conceive, or they were having a hard time conceiving, and they did fertility treatment. So I'm. I'm stumbling on my words now because it's just like going back and reliving this. Is, take your is, take is, is, your uh, time. A thing. So, um, so of course, as soon as he says that, my first thought is like, this was 1985, and I was born in January. He was born in February, same day, January 5th, February 5th. I mean, I was just, what are the chances that there's another in vitro clinic or a fertility clinic? It's got to be the same one, right? So I say to him, I'm like, oh, my God, you got to call your mom. Where did they do their fertility treatment? And yeah. he's just like, no way. And so our other two friends are like jaws on the table like, this isn't happening. What? There's no way. And we're all kind of laughing, but like, you know, even now I'm just like getting goosebumps just yeah. retelling the story because it was so ridiculous that I'm sitting here having this conversation, even contemplating the thought that like, dude, could my high school boyfriend be my brother? Like, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. And like, what? So, you know, we continue on with the, with the night and, you know, I think the whole vibe changed, obviously. Yeah. And so we, we leave there, um, and he calls me on the way home, um, and he says, you know, basically his mom confirmed that it was Yale Fertility Clinic, and the doctor's name that she went to was Burton Caldwell. 
Okay. So now I'm sure at this moment you are, it, it's kind of like that, um, like that, that Jaws like film where it, it like zooms in and out at the same time. I, I cannot, like what, what was that feeling for you? It, it was like, and we had talked about this later on, it was almost like we could share in what, all right, like the, I'm going to throw up feels like, like yeah. at the same time, we're both just like, oh my God, this isn't really happening and such disbelief. So then we immediately start saying, there's just no way. Cause you know, he also actually used like actual interns, you know, my brother was an actual, there's just no way we don't look anything alike. And mm -hmm. then I start thinking about his brother. So they're um, fraternal twins and I immediately like, oh my God, I look just like his brother. So then I had it in my head that maybe, just maybe, his brother was actually my my brother, but he wasn't. Maybe that's how it happened. They mixed the sperm because that's another thing. You know, we we've heard from from other um, parents that they were told that they mixed the sperm. Maybe he wasn't my brother, but his his brother was. And like, okay, that'd be weird, but I'd I'd be able to wrap my head around that. So I was kind of hanging on to that thought, to be honest. Yo, you, we, we do whatever we can to cope. That's yeah. what we do. I went back and I was looking at she pictures. I was obsessing yeah. about pictures. And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing the side by side. Yep. And I'm like, there's just no way. Because again, from eighth grade, I mean, I moved to Wallingford. Somehow just magically gravitated to this human being. We became inseparable. I mean, we were best friends we did everything together I mean it was like a like for a while why weren't we dating I mean we'd be at like parties or hang out at friends houses and he and I'd be in the corner playing rummy and like everybody else would be doing their thing and I mean we were always just so close I don't think I've ever felt so comfortable with another human being like we mm -hmm. were just so inseparable and then ultimately you know like I would date people or he would and eventually it would just lead to this thing where we would be dating and then thankfully obviously we went to different colleges because sure enough so this was in May he did the 23 in me, and I'm in the car driving up to a family vacation, and I get a text from him that says, you are my sister. And he sent me the screenshot of the 23 in me that confirms it. And he said, you know, I'm going away right now, but, you know, when I get back, we really need to talk through what all this means and how we make sense of this, basically. Yeah. Um, and it was just insane. Like, just, What? It was, it's, it's still, just think about it now. Again, this was a few months ago. Um, I mean, this is, this is like still so new for you. Yeah. I'm assuming you are still, this, you discovered this in May 2023. Yeah. I'm assuming we are still dealing with waves of trauma and emotion. Yeah. Like I. It just, it, even talking about it now, like I just, I kind of just want to throw up. It's just, it's just so bizarre because again it was it was traumatizing in 2020 to learn all of this but then you know as as we learn about more siblings and so that's one level of stress and then oh my gosh I have come into similar circles with others and there's more stress and then it's like no 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 I and I'm just gonna say it I mean I dated and slept with my half brother mm -hmm. I mean this is it, it's just it's it's a cruel joke it's ridiculous yeah. that this is a thing I mean and in his um you know, his brother as well, part of our friend group. I mean, we, we've we spent so much time together. I mean, quite honestly, he knows me better than the brother I grew up with. I mean, he knows me more than probably a lot of the people that I'm close with. So, And then this is the other element that I've been thinking about too lately is it's I've almost been robbed the opportunity to then get to know him as a brother because I can never, I mean, I'll never look at him as a brother. I mean, he's always going to be my ex-boyfriend yeah. or my best friend for so many ways. And so now to then try to like, flip the switch and be like, oh, no, just kidding. You're actually my half-brother, and if we want to have a relationship moving forward, that's what that's going to look like. It's just, it's impossible. It's impossible. 
Yeah, that's that was the worst. I yeah. think that and and it's still. I mean, I I find myself obsessing over pictures. I mean, yeah. I I think I've sent twenty million pictures to you because I don't know why. <laughs> no, but I I, just, I would do the I can't. I would do the same thing, and it's the thing about it. Like, and I was thinking about this before um, before you came over. There's no nothing for there's no resources there's no guidebook for this there's nothing like oh okay yeah no your doctor switched out the uh the donor sperm for his own and you found out that you dated your half sibling absolutely here's a book that can help you through it we have therapists on staff who are totally going to be able who are trained in this no worries there's like this is there's no resources even in our community and i was thinking like i was like that's Like I, I, like, I cannot even begin to imagine the emotional journey that you are on. Yeah, it's just, it's sad because even now, like, I, he's somebody that I would have, we would have got, like, we would have coped through this together. And, mm-hmm. like, we really can't even do that. So we, we met up and had um, drinks um, alone for about an hour or so, and then some of our friends and his brother joined us later on since finding all this information out so we yeah. could talk about it all in person. But I wouldn't, I mean, I'm so happy I had that time to just sit with him and talk about all of our yeah. feelings and thoughts because they're so confusing. There's so much, like, cognitive dissonance about the whole thing. I mean, the whole I'm thing. I'm sure. Um, so I'm happy we had that time, but since then, we've basically not, have not been able to cope together. I would assume that your I, I mean please stop me if i'm wrong but i i would assume that like you are now looking back and now everything is tainted there's like a color now over everything where it's like yeah well i keep saying like it's almost like putting on like new glasses like i have to go back and like relive all of high school mm-hmm. and look at it through a different lens and i don't know how to explain that to anyone because anyone that i've tried to tell that to they're just like that well why it doesn't change anything and it, it changes and a lot are you kidding i me? don't know how to explain that to someone that it changes just I'm, Everything that I knew and experienced and all the what ifs and all the it's. How does not somebody understand that that changes? I'm sorry. That, that I, I want to apologize on that person's behalf. Yeah. I can. I, that That's basic empathy that that's going to change everything for you. Yeah. Of course, that's going to be. And that's unbelievable. Yeah. And it feels similar, you know, not to go backwards, but, you know, with the 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 uh, in vitro doctor using his own sperm people often say aren't you just happy to be alive and it's like oh, it's like I those it's that, that same similar feeling that's just like cuz your it's whole life mind-blowing. has changed you know even when you look back in your childhood uh, everything that you perceived as yeah and now the other thing that gets me is true? i mean i'll be on on social media um and i'll see a picture of someone that I think looks remotely like me. And I'm like, well, you know what? My high school boyfriend could be my brother. So could this person. And so could yep. this person. And, and it's, it, that's one of the first things I think about now. If I'm walking yeah. down the street and I see somebody that looks remotely like me, I'm like, do you want to do 23 and Me? Do you want to do 23 and Me? Like, Have you just... heard of our Lord and Savior 23 and Me? Uh... Yeah, right. I don't know if he was he was a savior or not. Oh no, 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 no God, absolutely, definitely not. No, the, the man is uh, uh, definitely a predator. Um, but... I, I mean, I'm just, and, and I feel so, like, I feel like this is just empty, and I feel like this is, like, but I, I still feel like this has to be said. I'm so sorry 
I'm so, so I'm so sorry that both of you have had to go through this and I and I cannot imagine the emotional waves that both of you are feeling um because this is such a especially for you Victoria and I and I mean and um but I mean but both of you are going through is such a unique experience being a victim of fertility fraud being a product of fertility fraud um having that relationship with your ex being ripped away from you like this is I'm so sorry that you are all experiencing this do you need help finding your biological parents whether you're donor conceived adopted or an NPE please contact DNA angels DNA Angels is a nonprofit team of genetic genealogists that help you identify your biological parents. And this group is run by donor-conceived people, adoptees, and MPEs, so they will emotionally have your back during this process. DNA Angels has identified almost 5,000 biological parents since 2019 using test results from Ancestry DNA. And they are a nonprofit because they believe that your financial situation should not stop you from identifying your family. If you are searching to identify and possibly connect with your biological donor or missing parent, please reach out to dnangels.org. Must be at least 14 to apply, have tested at Ancestry, and presumed parents born in the United States of America. Because, Victoria, you are the first person to, as a donor-conceived person, publicly come out with this. If there is somebody else who is going through the same thing as you are, what would you want to tell them? Because you are not the only person who has gone through this. There's no way that that is, is happened. No. But what would you want them to know? Um, well, and, and I will say, actually, when we were doing our protest, mm -hmm. I had two people come up to me and say that are also donor conceived. The same thing happened to me, but I can't talk about it and I won't share it yet. Yeah. And, and uh, I, don't, I hadn't mentioned that um, to you, but that was I, I don't even know what that was for me. It was, you know, I. I didn't want to push at the time. No, and, God, no. It, um, it, that is something that's so personal. But that almost, that fired this up more because really the only reason why I'm doing this is because I feel pretty passionately about having there actually be real legislation out there. Mm -hmm. um, and if this is something that just adds to, you know, the tipping point to get that to happen, then I, I want to like shoot it from the um, yeah. Yell it from the rooftops because of course, you know, and, and, and I still feel hesitant saying it because I I am afraid of the like the negative commentary about all of this or like, you know, I can't believe she's sharing this or why would she admit this or, you know, if you get any negative comments, you send them my fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm you tell me uh, where the hell they are and I will take care of it. I Fuck no. I've already had one person say if. Uh, if sleeping with your half brother is the price to pay to be alive, then you should. Yeah. yeah. Who is yeah, the, okay? Yeah, yeah. I will yeah. find you. Yeah. I will find and, and you. It's, and that I can't take because I, I. And I'm not. I'm not doing this for any other reason other than I feel very. I need to make meaning out of all of what happened to us. Yeah. And the only meaning that I can I can think of with this is one to help to promote. You know more laws and regulations and people to be aware more you know, aware of when they go for inseminations to be aware of the possibilities. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm also, I'm a, I'm a therapist. I'm a, um, an LCSW. And, you know, when those two people came up to me and kind of said, this has happened to me too. And I don't, you know, I'm not going to share, but I don't want to talk about it yet. That, there was that element too, where I almost think I want to open myself up to 
you know, if, if you hear this story and for whatever reason you feel like you have a similar experience or know someone and want to talk about it, I'm going to, you know, make some some free time in my schedule to mm -hmm. be able to hopefully help. I mean, I, I don't know what else to do with it other than to just open myself up to be able to also talk to others that there are experiences yeah. it, it, it's something i can't be alone no you're well and you you know like it's been something that in the community like you are the first person who i've personally been like yeah yes this happened to me everybody else um so far i've heard whispers and people are like oh no, no no it has happened but they do not want to come forward in any way yeah. um and it's very and that's understandable right. i fully it's, personal, it's right? very personal it's very personal but I also I, do, um, oh, I also want to say, too, I mean, part of my hesitancy even saying this, too, is I, I really do want to protect, you know, obviously my high school boyfriend and his mm -hmm. brother. Um, I mean, not only did they learn about this, the sibling piece and the oh donor at the same time, but they're also dealing with this in their own way and processing yeah. it in their own way. And I fully respect that. And of so course. trying to be careful about how I'm sharing the story because I want to be able to use it to do more. But I also don't want to fully you know, blow up their world anymore either. Yeah. I, and I think that or that's, yeah. this is yeah. understandable. Like I cannot even begin to say like the, the mourning and the trauma that all of you are going through with this is there's no guidebook. There's no rule book. You are all figuring this out in your own ways. And you absolutely like everybody should be holding space for all of you as you are figuring this out. Um, and just like to be and making sure we're all on the same page. I know my followers know all these things, but like just to make this clear, there is no cap on how many babies can be made from one donor. The uh, the the first cap is going to be going into Colorado. Um, it was voted in, but will not be like going into law until uh, 2025. And that's going to be a 25 family limit. Now, 25 family limit means one donor can donate to 25 families. That could still end up being 50 kids. It's still way too much, but it, sure. it's a start. We have to put it because there is no cap in the United States. And this is the amount of donor conceived people I have talked to who also are like, I went to school with my sibling. I was best friends with my sibling. We dated the same person. We, they were my next door neighbor. This is, you are not alone. You are not alone. And the, the fact that not having a sibling cap, the fact that we don't know who our siblings are is just dangerous and it is negligent. And saying that it is not fair is not a strong enough phrase. It's just, it, it's to me, it's vile. And I, last year at ASRM, um, I was talking to a fertility doctor and uh, she asked me, she was like, well, what kind of like advocacy, like, do you want, like, what kind of things? And I was like, well, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I, I'm ready with my like little list. And I'm like, well, like, let's see a sibling cap. And she was just like, oh, I don't think you should spend your advocacy doing that because there's no way it won't happen because it's too uh, expensive to put in that kind of tracker. And I literally was like, that's not my fucking problem. That's yours. Right. That's, wow. that is, right. I'm like, I'm sorry, ma'am, but like, no. You put in a fucking sibling cap. The fact that you all don't have one, I'm like, do you, like, is so horrendous of you. And the fact that you're like, it's going to cost too much. I'm sorry right. you're, you're not going to get your third yacht. Right. I'm so sorry. And look what it cost all those, uh, those children that are born. Yeah. What, what's what's it cost to them? What's the cost to the, I, I, you know? I, it, what's the cost exactly? Yeah. If I go back to, your, the, to the, the phrase that the people not products. Like it just makes you feel very much like 
I'm not a mouse pad for fuck's sake. I'm a sentient human being. And also, I mean, like, not to mention the fact, like, if I had a relationship married, have have children with, like, my half-brother unknowingly, it's like, do you understand, like, the impact that that's going to have on my children, my grandchildren? I mean, like, the impact that it has on society. I think about my children, I'm going to DNA test everybody that they date. Of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to. At the very least, marry. I mean, because you don't know. I know. I mean, in, in our part, part alone, I think my, my children have over 50 first cousins. Oh and and all somewhat local. I mean, it's just... Someone said, you know, recently, this, this is like a human race issue. It very much is. It's... Yeah, and then you pair it with the fact, so, like, we don't know our siblings. And I want to be clear, this isn't about, like, making, like, you have to have relationship, like, friendships with all of your siblings. It's just, no, you don't have to. Whatever you want is fine. Whatever the, I would say, whatever the donor-conceived person is fine. But we have to know who our siblings are. We have that right to know who they are. And we have the right to have an option to to be able to have a relationship if we do want that. But the fact that, like, we don't even know we're going in fully blind and it's like the fertility industry, it's like, you know how many of us you made. The amount of pods I've spoken to who are over 100 siblings yes, each. Yeah, I know. It's horrendous. Over 100 And it's si- usually all in the same area. Absolutely. So the odds of them yeah. meeting up or becoming friends or even marrying is it's very high well and very high as victoria said with your ex-boyfriend there was something that you were drawn to this person there was so much in common i wonder why and it's really just it's basically forcing all donor conceived people into a game of russian roulette absolutely so we have the sibling pot issue we also not having an you know identifying who your siblings are and then we have the fertility fraud issue so now you guys have started a you you are starting litigation and what has that process been of like going to lawyers and being like i would like to do something what has happened i mean for the most part dead end you know for for us only because we found out in 2020 and anything that actually exists right now has a statute of limitations of two years. So I found it in 2020 when I went to lawyers. Then it was sorry, there was there's no precedence, there's no our law, there's no nothing. Ran out. Yeah, yeah. And and now our statute has run out. And and but what I don't understand is with every new sibling, with every new connection, with finding out I was my brother's my boyfriend, mm-hmm. my boyfriend from high school. I mean, does that not start? <laughs> Well, does it? But doesn't it like because he just discovered? So now he's now under the clock for statute limitation. Yes. So could he do something? Yes, and and even that right. though, it's what breach of contract. Yeah. that's it. I mean, what, what there's there's not much. Right. So, so the other thing that I'm really trying to dive into is you know I've spoken to um, I've been in two meetings in Connecticut right now with the, with a few legislators um, mm-hmm. with our with our town reps, um, and so we're trying to get the ball rolling to get some. Uh, a bill introduced into Connecticut, at the very least. Because um, there's been multiple doctors who have been caught doing fertility fraud in five Connecticut. Five in Connecticut. Five! Five in Connecticut. Have any of them faced any kind of, like, legal uh, justice? Any Anything? No. Nope. You can't get them on nope. assault. You can't I get can't. them on battery. You can't get them on rape. You can't get them on... What? What are you going to get them on? This, fraud? This is... It, it, I, I mean, like, the answer is, like, I know I know these things, but every time I hear them, yeah. it's still this, like... It, it's like watching the end of, like, Romeo and Juliet. You just really, like, come on, guys, come on, wake up, wake yeah. up. And it's just, yeah. like... And yeah. I just... I Every time, it's, like, I can't 
believe it. I have to yeah. say, though, the people that I have spoke to, you know, my town reps, um, one of my diblings, she's also in Connecticut, so her town reps, you know, we've had these meetings, and they have been, I have to say, awesome. That's they are, great. They are listening to us. They are I'm hearing us. Great. They are equally appalled at that the good. fact that there's been nothing done good um so, Thank God. so i am hopeful and, and and if anyone that's listening is from connecticut please send you know emails to to your local reps i mean i just it should it be all local representatives or is it or is there specific representatives they should be sending i think as of right now just just all um i know that there's a few meetings that are about to be happening we're talking about having three separate public hearings one okay. judicially um one you know public health and then another for insurance purposes and okay yeah. so if anybody does live in connecticut or you have friends who live in connecticut family who lives in connecticut please send them this, this podcast yeah. um, but tell them they need they need to email or call their local legislatures yes, please, yeah. um your local representatives and tell them that you need to we need to see fertility fraud legislation passed in connecticut that there have been five doctors Five. I think Connecticut has the most, if I'm not mistaken. I'm I'm not sure, but that's it, I, th very, very easily. I mean, very I think recently too. I mean, there was a case in 2005. Yeah. I mean, I so so there's you know obviously there's the the federal legislation that hopefully goes through, but in the meantime, at the very least, if if at least the states can start doing something. Well, and we it will federally will pass more easily if more states are already passed as well. Yeah. That makes right. the it makes the transition much easier, right. and as you know, getting something federally passed takes longer at least we can get some kind of protection for everybody who are in these states um but let, let's also uh, but but let, let's piggyback off of that and talk about the um federal uh fertility fraud legislation so the federal fertility fraud legislation criminalizes fertility fraud criminalizes it which is so needed and it gives a 10-year statute of limitation which is we as right. we know is you need that for fertility fraud to be able to build a case because as siblings come in sometimes that can take a while right. and it is HR 451 um we've got i want oh oh god it's like got 41 42 co-signatories i think i, I believe it's, it's early 40 like um but it's it's bipartisan there's no reason it shouldn't pass yep. um and because right now only 11 states have passed fertility fraud legislation. 11 states have passed fertility fraud legislation. Yeah. And that's terrifying. Terrible. And yeah. this also includes, like, even if you're not doing donor conception, if you're doing IVF, fertility fraud legislation also protects you. Yeah. Um, I mean, and key things that, I, that I'm learning more and more about that are so needed. I mean, we talked about, like, the, the health stuff like it, it makes it you know i think illinois is the one right that has it's not only is it retroactive but it makes all donor conceived children able to be able to access the health records that are so important oh i actually don't know I, I i gotta double check that i don't know I think. but you think yeah, okay yeah, we'll yeah. double check that one yeah. um but yeah, it, it's the the how how the lack of regulations is this something like because i know that it um, really shocked my mom. Has it shocked you now kind of learning this in retrospect on how unregulated the industry is? Yes. Did you... Oh, absolutely. Did you not, like, when you were... When you were doing it, did you think more of these basic regulations were in place? Did I think? I never thought about it. Because I mean, there wasn't any... Like I said, it was always hush-hush. Mm -hmm. There was never any doubt that 
I didn't trust what he would say to me. Of that course. We're only going to use a donor three times. Mm-hmm. Um, I never doubted it. Three times. Oh, he said, said. Oh, he said three times. Yeah. So he said there was like a three sibling cap. Right. Oh. oh my god. <clears throat> That's what he told me. That's what he told you. Yeah. I mean, they they all they all say yeah. that. They all they all say that there's. But oh my gosh, and it's. Uh, never never thought never thought of there should be a regulation there. Well, because it's common sense and you think like, well, there has to be some basic regulations. And the fact that the industry from when you did donor conception to now has barely changed in terms of regulations, barely changed, if at all. Is if at all, and I um and you know what we have now is like we have like ASRM guidelines which are absolutely useless because they don't have to follow the guidelines. It's optional, mm, and they won't. And they won't. Why? They won't. Why they, would they? Why would they? Right. There's no like why would they? And it's always something that like all the industry professionals like. Well, we have these guidelines, and I'm like, and what good have they done? Right. You know, it was, it was shocking at the um, at the convention. There was a handful of people that would come out from inside, mm-hmm. doctors included, that were also, wait, these regulations aren't in place? Or yes. wait, this isn't a thing? Yeah. What? Yeah. They didn't even know. They don't even know. They don't even know. Well, the amount of doctors, actually what really surprised me was the amount of doctors who had never seen our father who didn't even know about it. And we had to like sit and explain it. And I'm like, dude, our father should be like basic required reading for you all. And the fact that I'm like, this is a massive hole within your industry. And the fact that you're all like la-di-da about it. I'm like, do you, and and I'm like, okay, let's even go down this rabbit hole. Let's say you're a good doctor and you would never do this. What about your partner? What about the receptionist? What about the lab tech? What about all these people who work in your clinic or cryobank? I'm like, you have to have in the regulations and the protections from everybody. You can't vouch for every single person in your clinic or cryobank. I'm like, I don't care that you're a good person. And that was a conversation I had with somebody who owned a clinic um, because uh, one of the ASRM guidelines for egg donations is egg donors should only donate for six cycles. Um, and that's it. And she, this doctor I was talking to was very strict about it. She was like, oh, yeah, no, 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 six cycles, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, wh- what about your other nurses? Like, what about them? And she was like, well, you know, it's, it's an ASRM guideline. And I'm like, well, I spoke to another egg donor who went to a different clinic, not yours. And when she was alone with one of the nurses, because um, she was asking, like, how many times am I allowed to donate eggs? And she was just like, oh, well, like, six times. But, like, honestly, if you go to another clinic, just don't tell them you donated eggs. They can't tell. And just, like, no. you can continue donating. Yeah. And you could see that because I was on the Zoom with the doctor and you could see her face melt. And she was like, oh, my God. And I'm like, yeah. You need to make sure none of your nurses are also doing these things as well because you're not the only one there. It could be anyone switching out samples, anyone putting their sperm into a vial. That's scary. And it drives me bonkers. And so many more people do, you know, fertility treatment. now. I mean, I have have family members, I have friends that are doing it. And and I don't think any of them questioned until they heard my story. Hmm, I Mm -hmm. wonder if something weird could happen. Like, just, just... Something out of the norm. I mean, I, nobody even questions it in the fact that it still is. It just seems so... But you so would think that if you were in that business, you know, you want to call it a business. Oh, it's that, a business. We're very... It's very much a, a business. business mm-hmm. that you're going to look at the angles from, from all the way around. Yeah. I mean, you're going to... I would think that you would have to safeguard what you're doing and check everything out and make sure... 
Everybody's following. Well, I, you're looking at it from a, an incredibly compassionate, empathetic and uh, point of view. What the problem is, and I, and I think that you, you touched on it so much before where there was like no information, we didn't talk about it, is the fertility industry has been moving in secrecy for decades. This total anonymity and actually the stigma of fertility has really helped them out because no one talked about right. it. Mm -hmm. No one talked. And they've been thriving on that. So that even the doctors are not really even educated. The amount of doctors who have never even spoken to a donor-conceived person, because why would they? Mm -hmm. yeah. They're not even pushed to do that. And this is why it is so important for all of us to be openly talking about it. It's why it's like I'm unbelievably so grateful that you all are coming forward and you're being public. And, it, you know, it's not to pressure anybody who's not emotionally ready for that, but it is why we need more people coming forward. Look at the impact our father that Jacoba had with our father. Look at yeah. the fact that she came forward and did that. The impact that that had. The fact that like, you know, Eve Wiley with fertility fraud, how she put herself forward. The oh, impact that she had. That. Um, the fact that Laura Gunner, who lost her son, son Stephen, who was donor conceived. The fact that she has, she and her husband are publicly coming forward and talking about it. The impact that had. Even one story can impact everything. Right. And that's why it's always like we, we just need. We have to get it out. There. We got to get it out there. We got to get it out there. Um, and the more we do it, I think the more maybe we can put an end to it or stop it or. I, get I, it well regulated because I mean nobody's regulated something we, yeah. it just needs to be I'm I mean you know none of us at the protest were calling for the end of donor conception we just wanted it safe and ethical because what happened to Some you physicals. two should never yeah. it, the fact that it happened to you two was too much and we know that you you two are not singular right and that is and the fact that and I and I've said this very publicly that it is a moral failing of ASRM of the cryobanks and clinics when we were um, when we are advocating like for the federal fertility fraud legislation one bank one bank has come forward and supported that legislation one that's it not ASRM not a single other bank not a single clinic not a doctor has come forward and supported the federal fertility fraud legislation they have stayed silent only one bank has come forward and that bank is Fairfax uh, for anyone who's yeah. interested Why? Uh, Why? And I, I and I and I want to like make it very clear. Fairfax still has a lot of accountability they need to make. They have a lot of accountability they have to do. But I am I do consider that a good step that right. they were a first, step. a first step. And I am and I absolutely will take that first step. But I'm like that is a moral failing of the industry as a whole. And it's why when I, I talk to doctors or anyone involved in the industry going like, oh, no, no, we're listening to donor-conceived people. We're doing so much advancement. We're, we're making all this progress. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You didn't support the federal fertility fraud legislation. Don't, 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 don't patronize me. Mm -hmm. Do not patronize me. You are like you have failed epically. This was the easiest thing for you to back. And the fact that you didn't, you have failed. Um, sorry, I'm feeling the feelings. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. It's the things that I've learned too since even finding out. Like, I, you know, obviously, I, you know, I, I feel my story, and then hearing so many other stories. You know, being at the protest and sharing with all the other donor conceived people. It's just someone had said it's like the stories. wild, wild west, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. It feels oh, yeah. a little like that. Like, it's just 
it's it's 2023. Like, what's happening? This shouldn't be this way. There's so much that shouldn't be this way. May I ask? And I and I don't know how much you're you're allowed to share. And if if you can't, that's totally okay. Because we we obviously want to uh you know respect privacy. But like, your other siblings, um, how have you know they? Uh, how how is their experience being? You know, finding out you know that they are also products of fertility fraud. Like, how how are all of your siblings coping? Yeah. So I, I want to be careful because I know that. So many of them have so many different feelings and th- thoughts on this. I, totally. you know, I have to admit, there are, there are a handful of of the diblings that are. I'm happy to be alive. I don't I don't really want to kind of touch in, touch into this. There's another mm-hmm. handful that you know don't really want to know more. And then there's another group okay. of us who who talk on a regular basis who are very mm-hmm. much trying to figure out how do we make meaning from this. Yeah. Um, I think, but again, I think that that's normal. Like even like Jacoba was coming from our father. A lot of her her siblings were like, "No, we're fine. We don't need to do anything." And you know, and it turned into a massive mess. Um, uh, you know, and it was only like a group of Jacoba siblings who were like, "We have to tell this story," and like, thank God they did that. But like a lot of her siblings, and I and their siblings are. You know, they're it's not a monolith, and everyone has different feelings, and they process the feelings differently. Um. But uh, for anybody who is interested in supporting H.R. 451, which is the federal fertility fraud legislation, please call your local legislature wherever you live and be like, go support it. I need you to go support it. Um, and is there like a current bill in the making in Connecticut? Like is there or, or not yet? Not quite yet. There's just okay. a lot of meetings happening and a lot of a lot of very passionate people you know, getting we're together hopeful. and really trying. Yeah, yeah we're, um, we're we still have a long ways to go because, you know, unfortunately, it is quite the process. But I feel very hopeful. It's a step in the right direction, at least. Uh, it, you know, at least we feel like we're we're starting to do something. And that's all you, you can do. And you, y- y'all are doing the hard work and the, the serious emotional labor of literally picking up those first few logs, um, which are absolutely the hardest. And you're clearing the way for other people to come join right. you. Um, so, but yes, everybody, it is imperative that everybody call and your Connecticut legislatures, if you have friends in Connecticut, or at least share a story on Instagram saying, please do this if you have no connection to Connecticut, um, because this, the fact that you've had five doctors, what's in the water there? You know, and it's interesting. So I'm sitting here thinking like, I kind of want to say, you know, and if, if you're from Connecticut, and you have any, you know, feeling that maybe your parents did in vitro, you know, take a test because. Oh, my God. But course. then but then there's the part of me that's like, no, maybe, maybe don't. I, I, don't know. I it's, think it's a good warning. It's got to be a personal choice. I don't know. It's got to be. I think it's a good uh, warning. I think it's like, look, if you lived in Connecticut for those for those years. And you were in vitro or you sent something's up or your parents have admitted that they've went through fertility issues. It might be something to consider and it and do that. But I think it's like do it at you when you right. are ready when they're comfortable. because you can't once you open that box, you yeah. can't close it again. Right. I'm always in favor of knowledge. I think we can do something with knowledge, but I, I never want somebody to go, get into a uh, unsafe emotional place. So only do it when you're ready. Um but Victoria, you were saying that you want to be available to people who are in your position um, and kind of maybe guide the way for more people to come forward because 
and and I and I know you know this, like I, I would say logically, but I do feel like it's incredibly important to say, like you know that like you have nothing to feel ashamed of, and anybody who has gone through what you have gone through has nothing to be ashamed of. This was not your fault, in True. the least bit. And, and this is why this is so difficult because yes, like you said, like logically, absolutely, but there's there's another part of the brain, you know, that that's so just somewhat ashamed and somewhat oh my gosh I'm, I'm really talking about this you know openly I'm sharing this um you know and, and do you know how much of, courage this takes for I you to it do helps heal a little bit too to get it out there yeah and, and I don't even know when you when you say courage or you know um you know we say things like we owe you a debt I, I don't I don't actually feel that um, I get it you know it, it's more just I have to do something with this. Mm -hmm. um, I want to help other people. And, you know, also coming from, from being a therapist, I hope that someone hears this. And, and if they want to reach out, like I said earlier, and just talk about it, because there's, it's just so confusing. Because in just kind of going back to this idea, I am happy to be alive. I'm happy I'm here. You're happy you were able to have children. It's a very weird dichotomy. At the dichotomy. same yes. time, yeah. it's just gross. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's it's just that. And so, you know, the one thing that a lot of the other donor conceived people, that, you know, that I've talked to, we, we share in this. And that support group yeah. has actually been incredibly helpful to be like, what are we even feeling? Like, I feel like we need to come up with a new feeling term because it's just so confusing and it's so back and forth. And even a lot of my, you know, half siblings that we talked to, you know, even the ones, some of them that initially were just, you know, leave the doctor alone, leave Yale alone. We're just happy to be alive. They've even come around like, no, 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 after the dust has settled. Two things can exist at the same time. We mm -hmm. can be very grateful that in vitro is a thing that happens and creates mm -hmm. life and that we're alive and still be so disgusted by the negligence that has happened. Um, and so, yeah, so yeah I, I would love if anybody wants to connect, you know, from from a supportive space. I, I love that I've been able to have the donor conceive people as a support group. So if there's more out there, you know, um, as this is. That this that there was this was needless harm. There was no reason this should have happened to you. Yeah. This should not have happened to either to of you. Anybody. This should not happen to anybody. And that this was it's we, this is so easy to stop. This is so easy to stop. We don't need to do this. Yeah. There's there. This is not. This is not just a, a horrible, unfortunate situation of life. We can easily stop this. Right. Easily do this. Yeah. Um, do you have any, uh, I know this has been a very, very heavy episode, but like, do you have any final thoughts? Is there anything that like, I haven't asked either of you that you're like, oh, this is a really important part of the story that we just didn't, that I just didn't ask. And it's okay if there isn't. I don't think so. I'm... No, I just, uh, my donor is still alive. And um, I know there's other siblings that are, you know, trying to you know, um, bring cases. Mm -hmm. Bring cases, is that how you say it? I don't know. Dude, I'm a stand-up comic. I don't fucking double this shit as so, we go along. So I know that there's there's a process happening right now. Yeah. And so um, my donor is still alive. And at some point, they're hoping to hopefully depose him, which would be really interesting. And um, I don't know how this fits into any of this, but I would love to just have the opportunity to look at him and just say, I slept with my brother because of you. And, 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 it's, yes. and just to see what his response would be. And not, quite honestly, it would probably be like a, oh, yeah, I guess that could happen. Like, I, I feel like yeah. it would just be this very matter-of-fact thing. But 
what I would give to just be able to, if, if there's any way that he can hear this or, you know, work um, it back to him, just so you know, the thing did happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I, no, I, I, he absolutely should face responsibility. He should have to have some accountability. There has to be some kind of consequence because obviously what happened to you, all the other parents and all the other donor conceived children from your, from your pod is absolutely horrible. But I, I do think that specifically what happened to like you and your brother is like, no, 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 we need, you need to look this in the face and you did this. This is your fault. And I completely, I want that for you. That is my holiday wish. That is my serious, that is that is what I want. I don't know how we can make this happen, but Make-A-Wish Foundation, I know this ain't your thing, but we should get behind this one. How do I GoFundMe this? Maybe we should mail him this this segment and let him hear. I feel like oh, maybe we could have that. a, per- what? So, so every year I send him a Christmas card. <laughs> Just as a reminder, in case you're wondering. I feel like we can have a parade. I got my new sperm costume. I feel like we have a little parade that just goes, that's right in front of his house, and we're just all singing songs. Or or uh, we can disguise ourselves as, like, Christmas carolers and go knock at the door, and oh then gosh. you and your brother pop and go, hey, guess what? Uh, yeah, I almost want to go back and be like, it's not that I want to look at him and say I slept with my brother. I want to look at him and just say, like, my brother was my boyfriend. I don't know how to phrase it. My, my, I got to work on how I'm saying this. Um, edit, as, edit this as long as we were holding up a stereo playing Sweet Home Alabama, I think we can get the message across. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my it's God. It's funny, but it's not funny. It's, 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 it's not funny. It's not funny. Uh, uh, no, I, I mean, it's, it's my, um, I, it's my personal, uh, how I deal with, with tragedies uh, and, and with trauma is I have to, that's my coping mechanism. I, I apologize for anyone who it is not. Um, but that is how my little warped brain works because this is, this is what else do you do? What the fuck else uh, yeah. do we do? Yeah. Um, but what you all are actively doing is what you do and i i think i'm gonna i'm gonna call it and say that this has been enough emotional labor for the day (laughs) i think we've done we've this is it um uh i know you all have a drive back um i i can pour you some like wine to go cups that you can have like when you get home like when you get home not while driving when you get home but like i do feel like i should like leave you with like a favor bag or something or like i i, I M&Ms. you got m ms yes we do we had our halloween candy out um but it, and and i know that you're not able to accept and hear this yet but just if there is a small part of either of your brains that can hear this seriously thank you Thank you. Thank yeah, you. And thank you for getting yes. all of this and all the other episodes that you've done and everything, all the stories yeah. out there. I to mean, get everything out uh, for, for the public to hear and, and yeah. Knowledge is power. We got to let, because yeah. this is, almost anybody who hears these kinds of stories goes like, oh my God, this is horrible. What do I do? And I think it's just, it's basic. It, it, it's just, we have to get the stories out there. And I do believe that so many of our, even when we were at our protest, when we were talking about the regulations that we wanted, we were like, we want a sibling cap. We want verifying medical history. Most of the doctors and physicians were like, oh, that's easy. Yeah, no, that makes sense to us. Like, none of them yeah. were like, yeah. like, th- we were asking for basic stuff. There was two doc- doctors from Germany that came out and was just like, 
Oh, we got all this going on. You guys yeah, don't Germany have this? is better regulated than us. Yeah, yeah. like um, no, no. I also do, do want to point out when so afterwards, you know, we had gone to have one of your shows in yeah. New Orleans, and the fact that like everyone in that room, with the exception of what two people were were donor conceived or, or cut tied to the community, and, yeah, you know, you're, you know, you're you're saying your jokes because again, what else do we do? We gotta laugh. We it gotta just, fucking laugh. I just want to thank you for that because that feeling of just like support and understanding with a little bit of humor was probably the best medicine I've had in a long time for all of this. So yeah. thank you for that. And you've got to put a little humor in it. That, that you, you have to. Thank you. It was um for anyone who was it was we had um I think it was like uh, 45 audience members and I I in the beginning of the show cuz like I knew like almost all of the people were donor conceived but I was like I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah. And so like I was like all right, uh, clap if you're donor conceived or like tied to the community and like almost everybody la I clapped and I was like all right. Clap if you have no idea what the fuck I just said. And there were just two people like, <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, guys, we got new ones, let's go. And it was like, and I spent like, and it's probably related to us. And I was like, I was like, well, just letting you know, take a DNA test, we can all say why. Oh my god. But that was that was that. Okay. I, it was cathartic, and I did sleep for like three days after that whole thing when I came home because I was just like, fuck this, I'm out. I am, I'm done. Oh, fried. Um, but thank you again for coming on. Thank you. Let's get this legislation passed. It's the it's the least that I think that we can do as a society to support you and help you through this healing and this trauma. So let's let's get it done, everybody. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Thank you.